Okay, we're starting here on the top of Yudal Raman Aleph, nine lines down. Chai, who is the name of an individual who learned in the yeshiva of Rabbi Chia, me Rabbi Chia. He asked this question, he posed this question to Rabbi Chia. Behalel, umegila mahu shiafsi. So we just dealt with Kriyat Shema, with the dinim of Kriyat Shema, with regards to where and when you're allowed to be mafsik, machloka between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda. The question now being posed to Rabbi Chia is what is the din with regards to Halel and Megillah? Me Amrinan Kavachomer. It's a Kavachomer. Kriyachma do right da. Kriyachma, which is a mitzvah in a Torah, and yet you still have a dispensation to interrupt in the middle in order to be Shoel Mipnei Akavod, Shoel Mipnei Meshiv, so on and so forth. Halel de Rabbanan. Halel, which is only a rabbinic mitzvah, Mibayit. Why would you even have to ask a question? You're dealing with a Doraita versus the Rabbanan. If you're allowed to be Mavsik and Doraita, certainly you're allowed to be Mavsik in a Dorabanan. Odilma Pursume Nisa Odif. Or do we say that even though there's this distinction of Doraita and Dorabanan, Nevertheless, Halel and Megillah have an aspect of Pirsume Nisa, which we know in other occurrences and other issues has a certain amount of precedence to it. Pirsume Nisa gives strength to a mitzvah where we'll have requirements which we don't otherwise have in certain instances. So maybe over here, even though it's a Din de Rabbanan or a Mitzvah de Rabbanan, the Pursume Nisa demands of us that we are not Mafsik in the middle because that will undermine or ruin the Pursume Nisa. You can interrupt it and there's no issue. You're allowed to be Mafsik just like you are Mafsik in Kriyachma, so too you're allowed to be Mafsik over here. On days in which the Yachid finishes the Halel, Ben Perak the Perak Posek, the Emtsa Perak Enu Posek. Between the different paragraphs of the Halel, then you're allowed to be Posek to stop, but in the middle of a paragraph, the middle of a Tilim, you're not to be Posek. Vyamim She'ene Yachid Gomer Behenet Halel, on days where the Yachid does not go the Hell, Afilu Be Emtsa Perak Posek. You can even interrupt in the middle of a Perak. Ini, is that really true? Vaha Rav Barshava Iklo the Gabay de Ravino. So he went over to Ravino, Vyamim She'ene Yachid Gomer it was one of those days in which the Yechid is not Gomer Ta'alel, and he didn't interrupt. So even though Rav Shavu was went over to Ravino, he still he was not Posik, he did not interrupt it. And we would think, he should have been Mafsik in the middle of his Halel. says, Shiny Rav Bar Ravino. Ravino did not feel that Rav Bar was Choshuv enough to interrupt his Halel for that. So even though it wasn't in a situation where it was impermissible, it was permissible for him to interrupt. Nevertheless, he didn't feel that he had an obligation, Mitzara Kavod, to interrupt his Halel. So now just to go back and explain, what does this mean that the Yamim should go Merbaim to Halel? And Yamim she'in go Merbaim by Halel. So we had in the Gemara and Arachin, the Gemara and Arachin lists 18 days in Eretz Yisrael where they are Gomer to Halel, and 21 days in Chutz Laretz. And that is, we have the 8 days of Sukkot and Shmini Atzeret. So we have the 8 days of Chanukah, that's 16. You have the first day of Pesach, which is 17, and Shavuot is 18. And in Chutz Laaretz, you add on an additional day for Sukkot, Pesach, and Shavuot that gets you to 21 days that Gomrim Bahem et Halel. Those are days in which there's an obligation to finish the entire Halel. Other days where we say Halel, but it is not a Chiyuv to finish the Halel on those days. Those are the latter days of Pesach, after the first day of Pesach, and on Rosh Chodesh, those are days where we today say Chatzi Halel. So Tosafon makes a couple of points about this, which is, first of all, in terms of Yachid, Yachid does not necessarily mean an individual. Yachid, Tosafot says, means even a Tzibor. Anybody has to be Gomer Halel, but they call the Tzibor Yachid because it's not all of Klai Yisrael together in one shot saying Halel, like we have by the Korban of Pesach. It's like every Tzibor says their own Halel, so they're called Yachidim. 
But it's not particular to a Yachid versus a Tzibur. It means anybody who says Hallel on these days finishes the Hallel. Now, in other places, the Rishonim discussed the fact that on days where we're not Gomer to Hallel, that the Yachid may not be able to do this without a minion, that you might actually need a minion to say Hallel in instances where there's no Chiyuv Hallel, not on those 18 days or the 21 days in Chutzlart, unlike Rosh Chodesh or the eight last days of Pesach, that you might actually need a minion to do it. We say the Chadchila you should do it with a minion, but there are more Paskins that be the evidence. If you don't have a minion, you can say it be Yachid. The second thing that Tosa mentions is that the Gomer Hallel is not that on these days you finish Hallel, and on the other days you have an obligation, but just not to finish the Hallel. And those other days you have no obligation to say Hallel whatsoever. There's no obligation to say Hallel on Rosh Chodesh, and there's no obligation to say Hallel on the latter days of Pesach. We say Yachid Gomer Behenet Hallel, that's an obligation to say the full Hallel, but you don't infer from that that on the other days there's an obligation to say Yachatzi Hallel. There's no obligation whatsoever. And the reason that we say Hallel on Rosh Chodesh and on the latter days of Pesach is simply due to Minhag. It has to do with minhag that they used to say a chatzi halal, and that we continue that minhag to say chatzi halal on those days. But again, it's a minhag, not an obligation. Why that is relevant is with regards to bracha. We have a Gemara in Sukkah. Gemara in Sukkah says that when it comes to a minhag, you don't make a bracha. So over here, if there's only a minhag to say chatzi halal, then why are we saying a bracha on it? And that's exactly what the Machazar Vitri says. The Machazar Vitri says there's no bracha on the chatzi halal. And that is the practice of the Sfaradim until today, that they do not make a brocha when they say Chatzi Halal. On the other hand, the Ashkenazim follow the position of the Rabbeinu Tam, and the Rabbeinu Tam distinguishes between an action like a tiltul ba'ama, where you carry around the arava. that's what the Gemara's discussed in Sukkah, that in that case you don't make a brocha on a minhag. But over here, where you're saying the Chatzi Halal, and you're giving praise to Hashem, then you certainly can be mivarech. And he says it's no worse then a case of mitzvot asay shazman grama, in which a woman obligates herself. Again, that same distinction between Sephardim and Ashkenazim exists. A woman who chooses to perform the mitzvah of lulav, who chooses to perform the mitzvah of shofar, according to the mechaber, she does not make a brocha on it. Similarly, over here, she does, they don't make a brocha on chatzi halel. Things that you're not obligated in, yet you do anyway, so you don't make a brocha. On the other hand, the Ashkenazim are consistent in the fact that Women who obligate themselves do make a bracha when it comes to mitzvah seishos mangerman. So to over here, if chatzialel, we do say a bracha on chatzialel because we are saying that even though we're not obligated, we're saying it. And once we're doing that mitzvah, then we should make a bracha on that mitzvah. One of the proofs to that position of Tosafot is our gemara over here. Is our gemara over here is talking about hefsek in a case of yachid that is gomer ta'alel. And I have sake in the case of Yachid, She'enu Gomer Ta'alel, which means that the Gemara views that there's a problem of Hefseik both in days when you say a full Halel, and a problem of Hefseik on days that you say Chatzi Halel. As Tosva points out, if on a day that you say Chatzi Halel, you didn't make a bracha, what's the issue of Hefseik? Why would you even have an issue of Hefseik according to the Gemara? The context in which we find Hefseik is all about bracha, and has nothing to do with the actual content of what you're saying. If you're incorporated or encompassed by a bracha, then you have a problem of hefseik. If you don't have a bracha, then there's no problem of hefseik. Other Rishonim might believe that the Pursume Nisa aspect of Halal might give it a certain amount of import to which you cannot be mafsik willy-nilly. 
that you have to take care to not interrupt while you're speaking to Hashem because of that Pursum Nisa. And the same will be true with Kriyat Shema. Even though Kriyat Shema is found in between the Brachot, and that might be the reason you can't be Mafsik there. But the other reason possibly by Shema why you can't be Mafsik is because it's Kabbalat Omachut Shemaim. It's a certain amount of import to that Bilah. And when you don't interrupt for no reason when you're speaking to Hashem. So those are probably the Machloket Rishonim over here with regards to whether this is a proof to the fact that you say a bracha by chatzia alel, you don't say a bracha by chatzia alel, but it does seem from the Gemara that there is this issue of hefseik in chatzia alel, and that does make you lean towards the tzad, like the tosafot, which is that they did make a bracha on chatzia alel. And now the Gemara continues. So Ashian, who was one of the Talmidim in Rabiami's yeshiva, asked Rabiami, Asherui bitani, mahu shiitom. And what is the din with regards to someone who is fasting? That they want to taste something. They need to taste the dish to see if it's ready, if it's spiced properly. Can they do that? The Easter by Etanit is eating and drinking. And he's not eating or drinking. He's just getting a taste, a little flavor of the item. And that's not problematic. Oh, Or maybe the restriction of Etanit is that you get no benefit at all. And if that's the case... When you taste it, you do get some benefit, you do get some flavor with regards to the ti'ima, and therefore it would be asur. You can taste it and there's no issue. We have a bright that supports that understanding. You just taste something, you don't swallow it, then you do not require a bracha on it. And someone who is fasting may taste things, and that's not an issue. Ad kamo. How much can you taste? What is the shi'ur that's still considered tima? Until a revi'it alug, that is considered to be fine in terms of tima. And we do have some qualifications to this din that are brought down by Tosafot. Tosafot mentions one qualification, which is that this is only mashma from the Lashon of our Gemara that we're talking about a tanit yachid. Talking about an individual who accepted a tanit to fast upon himself. But this is not true of a tanit zibur or the taniyot that are mentioned in the Navi. So the taniyot that we fast on, those would not be included in this heter of tima. That's the first qualification of Tosafot. The second qualification of Tosafot is you have to spit it out, that you may not swallow it. So when we say over here, you can do a tima, you must then spit out whatever you have in your mouth, because if you swallowed it, then it would be problematic anytime. Swallowing would make it into some sort of form of achila shtia, and that would clearly be problematic. So here the tima is only good if you spit it out. What's interesting is that the Shulchan Aruch, when he codifies this aloha, actually has nafkamino to for the itaniyot that we have, and that is in in a Siman Taf Kuf Samach Zayin in Siv Gimel, Shochach writes, Misha Darkol Rechotz Pib Shacharit, the person who normally rinses out his mouth in the morning, Betanet Zibur, he does this on a Tanet Zibur, Lo Kosher Lomeber Hachi, it's not a good idea, it's not the proper thing to do. Aval Betanet Yachid, Shari, but if it's a Tanet of a Yachid, then it's Mutar, Kevin Shepolet, because he's spitting it out. So that's our Gemara over here, which the Tosva makes that distinction, saying Tanet Yachid is fine, Tanet Zibur is problematic. And also the qualification based on the Rach that you have to spit it out. And so Shoah Aruch brings all of these. And he does mention, which is not consistent with our Gemara, that it's a filiation. Even if there's more than a Revi'it with the water that he's using to rinse out, that is still fine. The Mishnah Brura brings on this Shoah Aruch who says that it's not proper to do this on a Tanit Sibur. He says, If a person's in a situation of pain, anguish, difficulty, we can have a dispensation for in any tanit zibur for a person to rinse out their mouth. Just make sure that you tilt your head over and your mouth over towards 
downward, so nothing reaches his throat. Even on Tishavav it may be mutar, when it's tremendous difficult to him. And Yom Kippur, he says, definitely not worth taking that risk, and it should be machmir in this. And this is a heter for some of those people who are in such pain or anguish or difficulty, if they don't rinse their mouth or they don't brush their teeth, that they possibly could do it even on a tanit zibur, based on this Mishnah Bura. Both the Mishnah Bura and the Shulchan Aruch frown upon this, but the Mishnah Bura does write that if a person's in a difficult situation, that he may use this dispensation. The Mishnah Bura brings down, well, the many of the Rishonim, that the Four Taniyot that we have for the Churban Abayit, all really should be Taniyot Sibur, and you should have to keep all the Chamesh and Inuim. We just don't. It's too difficult. We don't do it. So we only do it by Tishibav. But the other four Taniyot have residuals of being Taniyot like Tishibav of Taniyot Sibur. And real Taniyot Sibur has a higher standard in terms of the Inuim and anything that you can do. By Taniyot Yachid, we have a lot more room to maneuver around and to be Matir. Person who greets his friend before he's davened, it's as if he's made him a bama, a mizbeach that's not to Hashem. The Pasuk says, This is the end of the second parak in Yishayahu. Over there it's describing how Hashem's presence is going to become and everybody is going to hide from the fear of Hashem. And the Parak concludes with Adam cease to rely on a person or look to man. because he's just human. He's just a mortal being. What is so important, or why do you consider man to be anything special? So he says Don't read it as but rather So Adam leave or cease to rely or talk to man. If you do speak to him and you ignore Hashem and you go to the man first, then he is like a Bama. Like the Pashtut Pasuk, which is Bama. So how could it be that you gave consideration, importance to this individual and not to God? And that's a rhetorical question that's being asked over here. And you can read it then. How is he more important than God? What about our Mishnah? Our Mishnah says that you're allowed to interrupt Kriyat Shema, which is dealing with Hashem, in order to speak because you owe honor or kavod to an individual. So if that's the case, it sounds like you can interrupt in order to speak to man. So, so why are you bringing this din over here, that if you speak to man before, or give a greeting to man before you daven, that this is problematic? So Targumar Rav Abba Mashkim Lepitcho. Depends on what the situation is. In a situation where he goes to his friend's house and puts himself in a position where he's going to greet him, or he will have to greet him before he davens, that's problematic. And that's what we're speaking about in these memorals over here. What our Mishnah is speaking about is a case of chance. He chanced upon someone while he was davening, or someone chanced upon him while he was davening, then he can ask or respond based on the qualifications of Rabbi Rabbi Meir. But the reason is because it was happenstance. It wasn't something that was planned. But if you plan to go to your friend's house before you dive in and you're going to greet him, that is problematic. So, Amr Avidi Ba'avin, Amr Ba'ashiyan, It's improper for a person to deal with his personal needs 
or his issues before he davens. Shinemar, the Pasuk says, Tzedek lefanav yalech, v'yasem lederach pe'amav. So, Tzedek lefanav yalech means that the tzigut, or the righteousness, shall go before him, but over here, Tzedek means to be matzdik Hashem, matzdik, that Hashem is the ruler, that's through tefillah. Then, v'yasem lederach pe'amav. Then only afterwards, you put your feet to the way, you take your footsteps and move forward in your ways. Anybody who does this properly, I mean, davens first, and then afterwards goes out to his travels. Hashem takes care of him. Person who davens, then, Hashem will take care of his footsteps, meaning that he will send them on the proper way and take care of what his needs are. So, any person who sleeps for seven days and doesn't have a dream is an evil or a bad person. Shinemar. Pasuk says, Visaveya Yalin Bali Pakedra. Way the Pashtuta Pasuk is, the one who is satisfied or satiated, Yalin, will sleep, Bali Pakedra, and nothing bad will happen to him. Now the Gemara says, Altikra Saveya Elasheva. Don't read it as Saveya is satisfied or satiated, but rather as seven. And so now the Gemara is reparsing the Pasuk to read, Visheva Yalin, the person who for seven days goes to sleep, Bali Paket, and gets no visitors, Kama Ra, he is bad. So they reparse the Pasuk to get the conclusion that they're looking for, they drush out of the Pasuk, which is instead of saying Bali Paket Ra, which means nothing bad will happen to him, rather it'll be Bali Paket, and he's not visited, Ra, that is bad. This is reading the Pasuk Pashtult, a person who satisfies or satiates himself with divrei Torah and then sleeps, he never gets any bad news. Shenemar, Seveya Yalin, one who is full will rest, Bali Pakedra, nothing bad will visit, be visited upon him. So now the Gemara says, Eluhein ben Aprakim. What are these ben Aprakim that we mentioned in our Mishnah? So Amrei Baram Riochan, Alochak Rabbi Yehuda. Alochak is like Rabbi Yehuda that you're not allowed to interrupt between Ani Hashem Lokechem and Emet. We put them together. Damar ben Okechem, the Emet, Vyatsiv, Lo Yafsik. So I'm Rabbi and Rabbi Yochan Maitamid Rabbi Yehuda. What's the reasoning behind Rabbi Yehuda? Because the pasuk says in another context, Vashem Elokim Emet. So we see that formulation is a proper formulation. And since the pasuk we find it saying Vashem Elokim Emet, that therefore we too, when we say Ani Hashem Lokechem, we also add a Met to that. Chozer veOmer Emet, Oeno Chozer veOmer Emet. When we start out Yibiyatziv, do we say Ani Hashem Lokechem Emet, and then start out Emet Viyatziv? Because the emet will be both for the end of Vayomer, as well as the beginning of the new bracha of emet v'yatziv. Or, does one suffice for both? So, Amar Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Yochanan, Chuzer v'omer emet. So, Rabbi Abba, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, says, you do go back and say emet again. Rav Amar, in Chuzer v'omer emet. Rav on the other hand says, you do not repeat the emet. How did Nochid kameh the rabbo? Shamei rabbo da Amar emet emet. Someone who went down to be the chazan. Before Rabbo, and he said Emet twice. Say Emet Emet Trezimne. I'm a Rabbo called Emet Emet Tafse Lahai. So this person, I don't know if he's stuttering or he got caught up in the Emet, and so he said it more than once. It wasn't necessary, but he said it multiple times. I'm Rabbi Yosef. How wonderful is this Memra? The Chiyata of Shmuel Bar Yehuda Amar Imre Amre Bimarov Arvid in Eretz Yisrael in the West. In Eretz Yisrael, they used to say Mariv Dabero Bnei Yisrael Vamarta Lehem. So they used to begin the parsha of a Yomer of Tzitzit. They would say up to the Bero Bnei Yisrael Vamarta Lehem, and then they'd skip and say Ani Hashem Lokechem Emet at the end. So Amalei Abaye Mal Mal What's so good about this Memra? Why, Rav Yosef, do you think this is so great? 
You don't have to begin the Parsha by Yomer. But if you do begin it, Gomer, you have to finish it. The reason in Eretz Yisrael they had this practice was because the mitzvah tzitzit does not apply at night. So the only reason to say by Yomer is because of Yitziat Mitzrayim. And so they skipped the content that dealt with the tzitzit. So what are you going to suggest now? When they in Eretz Yisrael said the Bel B'nai Sorah Marta Lehem, that, that wasn't enough of a beginning. That's not considered a beginning. If you just say that's not considered beginning that paragraph. But if you get to that is considered beginning the paragraph and you'll have to finish it. Until you reach the point of it's not considered to be the beginning of saying that paragraph. And if you haven't begun to say it, you don't have to finish it. On the other hand, if you do get up to the point of a Sulem Tzitzit, then we will require you to finish the paragraph. So in Eretz Yisrael, since they only got up to Amart Lehem, they skipped the remainder of that paragraph and moved to the end to get to where they wanted. Now, Amar Abaye, Hilkach, Anu we begin that Parsha, the Kamitchali Ba'amar Rova, because in Eretz Yisrael, that's what they do too. So we, just like in Eretz Yisrael, they start the paragraph, we do too. But we don't hold like Eretz Yisrael, where they think the beginning is only when you get to a Sulem Tzitzit, we think that the beginning is once you've reached Ramat Elihem. And that's already considered a beginning. So therefore, since we say that far into the paragraph, we have to finish it. You shouldn't begin it. If you do begin it, you have to finish it off. So he said, If you say, then you must say Emet. If you say, meaning the Parsha of Yomer, then you must say the Parsha of Emet Yatsiv. If you don't say the Parsha of Yomer, then you don't have to say emet v'yatziv. What happens to yatziv mitzrayim now? There's no more mention of yatziv mitzrayim. Both in emet v'yatziv as well as emet v'yomunah, you have a mention of yatziv mitzrayim, as well as in the paragraph of Bayomer, So there has haskarat yatziv mitzrayim. If you eliminate both of them, like what Rechir Barab is saying, then you won't have a mention of yatziv mitzrayim, because you're missing both the paragraph of Ayomer, and you're missing the Emet V'yatziv or Emet V'muna afterwards, so you won't have any mention of Yitzim Mitzrayim. So Amar, V'habay L'tkori Yitzim Mitzrayim, Amar, so he does, he has a replacement paragraph. He says, Hachi, Modim Anachlo Lach Hashem Elokeinu, Shotzeitanu Meretz Mitzrayim, Uftidanu Ibeit Avadim, Vasit Alanu Nisim Ugvurot Aliyam, Vesharnu Lecha, and we sing praises to you. So he said, Hashem, we thank you and we admit that you took care of us and took us out of the Mitzrayim you redeemed us from slavery, and you did for us wonders, unbelievable miracles and strengths. Aliyam, on the splitting of the Yamsuf, and then we sang to you, and then you continue. And you continue on. That Shira that was said at the Yam, and you continue on with the rest of the Racha after Kriyachma. So first of all, what's interesting here is that Gemara assumes that you do say Yitziat Mitzrayim at night, despite the fact that in the previous Mishnah, at the end of the previous parak, we discussed the fact that there's a machloket between Rav Lazar ben Azariah, ben Zoma, and the Chachamim. The Chachamim believe that there is no din of Yitzhak Mitzrayim at night. It's only din of Yitzhak or mentioning Yitzhak Mitzrayim during the day. Whereas, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah and ben Zoma believe that there's a mitzvah of Skirat Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Skirat Yitzhak Mitzrayim, even at nighttime. Over here, the Gemara takes it for granted that there is a Skirat Yitzhak Mitzrayim at night. So there are different ways to solve that problem. The Tzlach wants to suggest that Mish may not even have a Machloket. Even the Rabbonon agree to the position of Elezer ben Azariah and ben Zomad. They just don't agree where he learns it from. They don't agree that it's learned out of the Pasuk, but they agree that the din is that you have a need for Yitzhak Mitzrayim at night. 
On the other hand, you have the Rashba, who quotes a Shita from the Raibud. It seems to make a lot of sense that what we're talking about here is a Dindra Bonon. That the Machloket and the Mishnah is on a Dorite level. On a Torah level, is there a requirement to say Yitziat Mitzrayim or mention Yitziat Mitzrayim at night? And that's the Machloket between Elazar ben Azair ben Zoma and the Chachamim. On the other hand, with regards to a Dindra Bonon or a Chiyub de Rabbanan, mention Yitziat Mitzrayim, over there, everybody agrees that that's the case. Even ben Zoma, even Elazar ben Zayi agreed to that. And that's why the Gemara takes it for granted over here that you're mentioning it siat Mitzrayim at night. All right, now the Gemara continues. So in our mission we have a description as to the order, or the reason for the order of Shema Vayem Shemon Vayomer. So now we have a different explanation. Makes sense that Shema should go before Vayem Shema. Shema is about learning Torah. And Vayem Shema is to teach. Vayayim Shemot Vayomer, and Vayayim Shemot precedes Vayomer, Shazet Lulamed. Vayayim Shemot is about teaching Torah to others. Vedamatam Otamet Benechem. Vezeh Lasot. And Parashat Vayomer is about doing. Lasulam Tzitzit. Mara says, wait a minute. Atu Shema Lulamed. Itbe Lulamed Velasot Lekbe. How could it be that Shema is only about learning Torah, but it's not about teaching Torah, it's not about doing mitzvot? Vaktiv. Vishinantam. Says that you have to, Vishinantam Lovanech, you have to teach it to your children. Ukshartam Ukhtavtam. And you have to put on tefillin, you have to write mitzvot. These are all actions. So it has lilmod lulamed ulasot. Vitu. Vayayim shemol lulamed hu deitbe lasot leitbe. Vayayim shemol only it has about teaching Torah. It doesn't have anything about doing. Vaktiv ukshartem ukhtavtem. So you have the same tzivuim with regards to the tzibur found in vayayim shemol. El hachi kamar. You have to reword that statement of shemayachai. Bedinu shetagadeim. Shema Vayim Shema Shema should proceed by Shema Shezeb Lomod Ulamed Velasot Shema has all of these aspects. It has about learning Torah. It has about teaching Torah. Velasot and has a action or doing of mitzvot that's found in it. How do you know you have to learn? Because if you're demanded to teach Torah, then you can only teach Torah if you learnt it. So so far, therefore we have learning of Torah, teaching of Torah, and doing. Vayim Shema Vayomer Shezeyish Balulamed that has about teaching Torah, Velasot and doing. The mitzvot, shatem uchtavtem, vayomer ba in balal asot bilvad, only has this tzad of asiya associated with it. And therefore, because of the content of the shema vayom shemo and vayomer, that will provide us a hierarchy of what to say first. It says, v'tipikle mevshu ben karcho. Why does Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai have to come up with a different explanation if Rabbi Shimon Bar already gave us an explanation in the Mishnah? Chad avod kamar. It's giving us two reasons. Chad kadesh gadobel alav omo chut shemaim tchilo. Just like Rabbi Shulman Karcha says that it makes sense to have the Kabbalat Oma Chut Shamayim in the beginning, and then afterwards you accept the yoke of mitzvot. In addition to that, it has all these other wonderful things associated with it, and that's Rabbi Shulman Bayuchai. So you have two reasons, Rabbi Shulman Bayuchai and Rabbi Shulman Karcha for the order. The Sefot says, why doesn't the Gemara just simply say it's the order in the Torah? Shema comes before Bayam Shema in the Torah. Why isn't that the reason for the order in the Parshiot? The Tosot says it's clear that that's not the answer because Vayomer is found in Sefer Bamidbar, in Parshat Shlach, whereas Shema Bayam Shema are found in Sefer Dvarim, in Parshat Etchanan, in Parshat Ekev. So if that case is order, then Vayomer should have been the first. The fact that Vayomer is already not the first indicates to us that the order that's written in the Torah is not relevant, and as Tosot says, Ein muktamu mukhar Torah. So that's not the relevant variable that's telling us which to say first. Rav washed his hands. He said Kriyashma, put on Tfilin, and then Davind. How could he do such a thing? Don't we have a Braita that suggests that that is not the order in which you do things? Because it says, 
Someone who is digging out a catacomb for a niftar is digging into the stone. They're carving out an area where they would place the body. Because he's osik mitzvah, he's patur min mitzvah. Since he's dealing with the mate, he doesn't have to say kriyat shmat filin, and also from tefillin, because he's osik mitzvah. Mikol mitzvot amurot b'torah and any other mitzvah of the Torah. He gives man kriyat shma. Man kriyat comes ole v'notel yadav. He goes out from where he's digging. He washes his hands. Minich tefillin puts on tefillin v'kore kriyat shma mitvalel. He says kriyat shma and he davens. He says hagufa kasha. That brayta doesn't make any sense. It said before you're patur when you're digging. And now all of a sudden it says, oh, when the time comes, you come up and you say, Kriyat and put on tefillin. So when it says, Reisha Amar Patur V'Sefer Chayav. So there's an inconsistency here. Alokasha, Sefer Betrei V'Reisha Bechad. Sefer Samuel, when you have two people that are digging, then one can continue digging, and the other one can perform whatever he needs to, which is come out, wash his hands, put on his tefillin, say Kriyat and Davin. V'Reisha Bechad. And the Reisha is a case where he's the only person there, and therefore he can't leave his station. Mikom Akom Kasha. It's still a question, the Rav. Because over here in the bright though, it's clear that what you do is you wash your hands, you put on your tefillin, and then you say Kriyat Shema, and then Shema Nesrei, tefillah. On the other hand, what we have is Rav first washing his hands, saying Kriyat Shema, and then only putting his tefillin on afterwards. So therefore, Rav, ben Karcha Rav holds like ben Karcha, Damar that it makes more sense to do before you do O Mitzvot, and that's why you do Achar Kach O Mitzvot. So he first does Shema, which is Kabbalat O Mitzvot, and then he puts on tefillin, which is an old mitzvot. Shem Karcha is a good enough reason in terms of reading the parshiot in which order to read them. We have no way of knowing when it comes to reading or saying Kriyat Shema versus doing what the hierarchy should be. The two. Does Rav really hold up Shem Karcha? Barashi says there were numerous times that I was by Rav. Umakdim, he got up early, Umashi Yadeh, he washed his hands, Umivarech, he said, Birkat the Torah, Umat Yilan Pirkin, and then he taught us the Sifra de Beirav, Umanach Tfil, and then he pronounced Tfil, and Bahadokar Kriyachma, and then he said Kriyachma. So the same orders we had in the Brighta here, where Rav is putting on Tfil, and then saying Kriyachma. Chite Matazman Kriyachma, the reason he did it in that case, in that order, was because it wasn't the time for Kriyachma yet. So therefore he put on his Tfil, and waited for his man Kriyachma. Where it says, Imkain Masadate, the Ravchir Bashi. Then what's the testimony of Rabbi Rashi have any impact? If you say that it wasn't Zman Kriyat Shema, then he's not proving us to anything about the order and the way that Rav conducted himself. This comes to exclude, counter the one who says that for Mishnah you don't have to make Birkat Torah. And this is the context in which we brought this down originally, was that we proved from Rav that you do say Birkat Torah even though it's not a Pasuk or Mikra. So over here you see by Mishnah they did make a Bracha. Even for Mishnah you have to say Birkat Torah. So now, it sounds like that's a real problem for Rav because we still have the original statement where Rav is putting on tefillin after he said Kriyat Shema and the Brayta is saying to put on tefillin before he said Kriyat Shema. So when I say Shluchahu Da'avit, it was a mistake by the messenger. In the person who was taking care of Rav, he forgot to bring his tefillin. So Zman Kriyat Shema was passing, so Rav had to say Kriyat Shema. And then he waited to get his tefillin afterwards. When the shliach came back, he brought him his tefillin. So it was a practical consideration, not a halachic consideration, as to why he changed the order. So we can't learn anything out of that if it's simply a practical solution. Anybody who reads Kriyachma without having tefillin on, it's as if he's bearing false testimony. 
Now, Atzmoh here is a euphemism, not himself, but false testimony against God, because he's saying to do this mitzvah, and he's not doing the mitzvah. So, I'm Rebchir Ba'av, I'm Rebchir Ba'av, I'm Rebchir Ba'av, I'm without the mincha that is supposed to accompany it, or he brought a zevach, he brought a shlamim, without the nisachim that are supposed to accompany it. Or you can also say it with Allah below nisachim, because Allah also has a requirement of nisachim. In those cases, even though you're mekayim the mitzvah, it's not the full-fledged mitzvah that you're supposed to do it. It's not the chathila way to do it. So to hear by kriyachma, even though when you don't have tefillin on, you're still yotze the mitzvah of kriyachma, nevertheless, when you have tefillin on, that only serves to enhance and make the mitzvah a better mitzvah. And then you have the statement of Ulu, who says that it's even a stronger statement, that it's Eidut Sheker, if you say Kriyat Shema without Tefillin on. And so therefore we try to make sure that we have Tefillin on before we say Kriyat Shema. And Tosafot wants to suggest over here, based on the actions that we saw here, there's a possibility that you could put on your Tefillin and Talit between Gal Yisrael and the beginning of Shema Nesrei. Because over here we saw what Rab did. He washed his hands, he said Kriyat Shema, he put on his tefillin, and then he damaged Shmon So you see, he put on his tefillin, even though it was in between the Geula and Tefillah, an area where we say you're not allowed to be mafsik for anything, between Gal Yisrael and Shmon And yet here he's putting on his tefillin and his talit with a brocho. So Tosafot goes through a number of indurations, and the end comes back and says, I don't think you should make a brocho when you put on your talit and tefillin between Gal Yisrael and Shmon He also says that tzitzit, are less important than tefillin. And so even if you were to say by tefillin that you did need, you could say a bracha, or you did need to say a bracha, that may not be true by talit. And the last thing that he points out is, maybe Rab put it on without a bracha. And therefore it's not a hefsek, because he simply put it on without a bracha. And then after you finish Shmonesra, you move it around, you touch it, and then you make the bracha then, after the fact. So it's a possibility that you don't have any proof from here that you're allowed to interrupt between Galizol and Shmon Esrei for these items because their proof from here may not be conclusive in terms of Rav putting on his tefillin there because he could put on his tefillin without a bracha. He only made the bracha later. And so we are, the way we pass in the locha is that you're not allowed to interrupt for anything between Galizol and Shmon Esrei. And if you do, by some chance, get tefillin in between, you can quickly put them on without a bracha and then after Shmon Esrei, we on them and make the bracha. Okay, we'll stop over here.